This is the City Place Church Podcast. Here at City Place, we build dreams, ignite faith, and establish leaders that win the lost for God's kingdom. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered by the message. All right, let's jump into God's word. Are you ready? Bible class. Bible class. We're going to go to Exodus chapter 13. I really want to come off this stage, but am I going to mess y'all up, Jockey, if I come off the stage? Is it okay? That's, come on, man. I like that phrase. He said, that's what I'm here for. In our terms, that's whatever it takes. That's one of our core values, whatever it takes. So Exodus chapter 13, we're going to jump in. I don't want to necessarily leave intentional generosity from last week. I feel like the Lord wants to do one more thing before we jump into, like, at the movies and stuff. If, how many of y'all have never been here when we've done at the movies? Let me see your hands. Oh, y'all in for a treat. At the movies is when we take movies that you might love and enjoy, and we pull spiritual truths from them. It's going to be fun. And so we're asking you to invite your, your, your family and your friends and people who don't know Jesus because we're believing God for 25 people to meet Jesus during that series. We're just using parables. But um, I, uh, years ago, um, I ran a sports ministry here in Orlando. And it was very healthy, very successful. And we had first place trophies and second place trophies. Anybody know what I'm talking about first place, second place? Okay, well, after a few years, some of the parents approached me. And they said, uh, Pastor Damon, you know, not every kid is making it to the championship. So would you be okay if we gave every kid a trophy? Now, I grew up in an era where I'm, I, I literally looked at them and was like, no. Why would, I, why would we give them a trophy? And they said, well, the kids are working hard and they're participating, and we don't want them to be disappointed if they don't get first place. Okay. I realized that when we started doing that, the disappointment of not getting first place wasn't really felt as it is when you don't get first place. And I was thinking about how right now in our culture, there is an increase in everyone gets a trophy mentality. And then I was thinking about the principle of the first in scripture where God is in first place. And I wonder if we dumb down the position of God to the place where everyone feels like it's okay if everyone gets a trophy. See, there's a reason why there's a first place trophy. Because it builds something, an anticipation, hard work, pursuit to get to first place. There's a reason why, and we'll find out today, why God sits in the place of first. God never designed for us to go through life. I said I wasn't going to preach. I said this is going to be Bible class, didn't I? God never designed for us to go through life with everyone getting a trophy and living by such a mentality. Now, he wants everyone to be blessed, no doubt about it. But there is a, I sign up, I get the jersey. At the end of the season, I know I'm going to get a trophy anyway. So whether I get to first place or not, 
first place representing God. You with me? Are you tracking so far? Whether I get to first place or not, I'm good because I already got a trophy. So now when we get older and older and older, I'm good even though I just got my participation score. First place, why do I need to get to first place? You already gave me the trophy. See, sometimes when we have salvation and we know that we get into heaven, heaven can feel like a participation trophy. And God's like, whoa, wait a second. No, 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 no. That's your registration. I'm first place. I'm your prize. And so this morning, I want to talk about the principle of the first. Can everybody see me okay? I know we got the camera crew. I'll try to move back and forth. I'm too good not to see, you know what I'm saying? Too good. Woo, that's what you say, Taisha. I got to have at least one reference to her every single week. She hates it too. Y'all should see what I get at home. Well, I'm going to tell you, it's, when we do our marriage conference retreat, y'all will see behind the scenes of what the Lord takes me through to get the first place. So here's a question that I have this morning. Here's the question that I have. Is God really first in your life? Is God really first in your life? Don't front, please. Don't, 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 don't answer that spiritually. Because if I answer it spiritually, yes, he is. But practically, he may not be. In some areas of my life, in certain times of my life, is God really first in my life? See, here's what I realized, that when God is first in our lives, everything else comes into order. It doesn't mean that it's going to be perfect. It doesn't. Here, here, here's what Psalms 37, 23 says. It says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of a good man are ordered, set already. I don't know, have, how many of y'all like to order DoorDash, Uber Eats? Like, you order the food, they prepare it and bring it to you, knowing where you are. See, when God orders something for us, it's already set for us. But he has to be in first place. When God is not in first place in our lives, there is a lack of order. Now, here's the tough part. Here's the tough part is, is that um, my life could be going really good, and God might not be in first place. And the reason why I might feel like it's going good is because I've already got my participation trophy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so, so since I got my participation trophy, I'm okay because you gave me the trophy. I'm earning the living. I've got my status or my influence. I've got some things moving in my investments. I, I've, I've got this happening on the job. My marriage is actually thriving, Pastor D. But little do we know, spiritually, we're not in order. It's a tough, y'all, it's a tough thing when, when everything looks good and life is going great and God's not in first place. It's, 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 it's hard to describe because sometimes in my life, I'm like, well, nah, God, you're in first place, but really, I'm just doing my thing. There are certain things that you and I do, and we can do it well without God. 
Come on, some of y'all can cook some mac and cheese. You don't need to invite God to boil the noodles. You don't need to invite God to drop the cheese and the eggs and to mix them together, throw the breadcrumbs on at the end. What? Pastor D, I know you can cook. See, if we're not careful, though, I might do a lot without God. And the mac and cheese still comes out tasting good. See, when God is not first, things are out of order, and sometimes we may not even know it. Let's go to Exodus chapter 13. Now, I'm not saying we won't ever have problems. There's, life throws things at us. But what I am saying is that God being first keeps us in order for what he wants to do. Exodus chapter 13, this morning we're talking about the principle of the first. This is where we're going to go to Bible class, so get ready. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 says this. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Consecrate, which means to set apart as holy, to me all the firstborn. Whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both men and beasts, it's mine. Whose is it? It's God's, right? It's God's. Now go down to verse 12. It says, then you shall set apart to the Lord all that open the womb, that is, every firstborn that comes from an animal, which you have. The males shall be the Lord's. But every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. And if it will not be, I'm sorry, and if you will not redeem it, break its neck, and all the firstborn of men, of man, your sons, you shall Redeem. Write this down real fast. Write this down, and then we're going to jump in further. It's on your notes. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. The firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. In Exodus chapter 13, there is a group of people who have been removed from a place of bondage. God has moving them to a place of freedom. And God is setting in their hearing his position. They have been seeking God, crying out to God. Now they're under their own leadership, and God, is, God literally begins to establish his place in their life as their leader. In biblical days, before there was ever a king, God was their leader. Are you with me? They didn't follow, even though they followed Moses, they weren't following Moses. They were following what Moses said about God to get them to the destination that God saw for them. So they literally had to wait for God's instruction for them to move to the next place. Are you with me? So when we get to Exodus 30, God says, I'm about to establish my role in your life. You will misstep from time to time, and you will need to have access to me through the route that I define for you. And right out the gate, I want you to know what belongs to me. He says this, he says, listen, of all of your firstborn, they belong to me. I belong to you, but you belong to me. And he says, and the way we're gonna have this distinction is, I'm gonna institute to you the principle of the first. So I will be first in your life, but I'm also going to make sure that you have a practical aspect of what's first in your life. So he says, the firstborn in your life belongs to me. 
What he's literally saying, the first part in your life belongs to me. The thing that you would value right out the gate, I want you to see it as mine so that when you see it in your life, you see me. Are you with me? So he literally out the gate says, the first part of everything in your life, don't be distracted, it belongs to me. Because every time you see the first part that comes into your life, I want you to see me. But then he goes on and he starts to kind of weave off of the first, and then we see this redeeming principle because from the beginning of time, God has always thought about the fact that what happened in the garden wasn't his original design. So throughout history and time, God was always thinking about the fact that from the time that Adam and Eve sinned, there needed to be something that kept us in relationship with him. So since Adam and Eve misstepped, God said, I have to have something that brings people back to me. So he said, the first belongs to me. But then he says, the first, when you bring it to me, has a redeeming quality. It has a redeeming quality because you will misstep. God identifies two animals right there. One is a lamb and one is a donkey. If you know the characteristics of a donkey, you know that a donkey has a strong personality and is stubborn. A donkey will do whatever it wants to do, and it needs to be bridled and led. The lamb is the pure thing that in biblical days was used as a thing of sacrifice in the place of the unclean thing. So let's dive a little bit deeper because here we go. The firstborn clean had to be sacrificed. God says that in verse 12 and verse 13. The firstborn unclean had to be redeemed. So if you look at it, it represents one, the lamb being Jesus and the donkey being you and I. All the way back in biblical days in the principle of the first, God already had you and I in mind. So God said, the first belongs to me. And when you see the first, I want you to think of me. It belongs to me. It's mine. But it has a redeeming quality. So God says, listen, I want you to bring the donkey and I want you to bring the lamb. Bring your stubbornness, bring your uncleanliness, and I'm going to bring Jesus in the mix. See, before the beginning of time, God was already thinking about how you and I would always be in relationship with him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but... Um, we, we, we didn't have to teach our kids how to misbehave. It was already in them. But do you know what my role is as a parent? Is to pull them back close so that they know how to walk before the Lord. God the Father's is the same way. His whole design is, since Adam and Eve sinned back in the garden, his whole design was, wait a second, I need to have a place by which they are pulled back in to relationship with me. The word redeem, you can write this down, it's not in your notes. The word redeem means to buy back. It means to buy back. See, God is so cool because if we're looking at the fact that the lamb represents Jesus and the donkey represents us, could it be that God was real strategic in giving us Jesus? Now, Jesus was God's first and God's best. And God literally said, I'm going to give Jesus for you to redeem you. God is so strategic. God will never ask us to do anything that he's not willing to do. 
God is so cool. I, I, I wrote this down. I wrote this down. Um, God gave Jesus first in faith, even when we were sinners. He gave Jesus first, his firstborn, here you go. Even while we were sinners, he said, I'm going to have my first redeem them. God is so strategic. God didn't wait to see if we would change or repent or get worthy before he gave us his first. Write this down. The first portion is the redemptive portion. God gave a practical in biblical days about the principle of the first. He gave a practical example of what he was already doing, which then leads me to the second. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. The first fruits must be offered. God says, hey, listen, bring me the first. It belongs to me. Place it in my hands. I want you to bring it to me. Here's what Proverbs chapter 3 says. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns, which means storehouse, will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This constant theme all throughout Scripture. Now, just so you know, Proverbs, the people of Israel, they're passed on, gone to heaven. David has become king. He dies. His son Solomon takes over the throne. Solomon is downloading things now that he has seen done by his dad, but also he is literally living out on his own. Saul, the Bible said, is one of the richest and wisest men of all time. He was so wise that the queen of Sheba came and visited him and said, oh my, everything that we've heard about you is true. But he literally, throughout all of his writings, he's constantly going back to what God is. He says things like, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean out in your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. The wisest man ever. Then he says, now listen, honor the Lord with all of your possessions. This is a very wealthy king. And he could have said, give him some of what you have. He literally is telling us, all of the kingdom that I have belongs to him. And he says, now what I have done is I've set aside the first part of my first fruits. And as a result of setting aside and letting God know, God, this part is yours. I'm constantly seeing God in my first. And I've come to realize that everything else overflows into my house. Last week, we read the verse that says, God gives you specific seed to sow and bread to eat. And we say, God increases your seed to sow, and then God gives you an increase in the harvest of your righteousness. Solomon, in the Old Testament, says, I put God first. I see God in the first. God redeems every bit of the rest. I've come to realize that God owns everything, and I'm his manager. The wealthiest man during his time says, all of this belongs to God. And then he says, God has the first of all of my wealth, and I realize that he continues to increase it. It's the principle of the first. Like, God, in every aspect of my life, 
You sit in the first seat. I asked you earlier, is God first in your life? Spiritually, (laughs) yes, he is. But is he first in your marriage? Does he get the first part of your day? Does he get the first part when you, before you eat? Or do we just go and grab the chips? I'm not trying to pick on anybody, I'm just saying. But no, no, what, what I'm saying is, is, are we practicing the presence of the Lord and acknowledging that he's there with us at every moment? Or are we just glad that we all got a trophy? See, he has to be first in every aspect of our life. And, and we've been talking about money, so don't, don't, don't tighten up. Because this applies to every aspect of your life. He said, with all of your possessions. Can he have the first part of your gift? The first part of your talent? Can he have the first part of your reaction? Can we give him the first part of our response before I act like Damon when y'all not around? Can he have the first part of that? Can can I be so conscious that he sits in the first place of every aspect of my life? Or am I just going to be spiritual because I got the trophy? I'm challenging us today. Can he be first? Please don't front with God this morning. Is God first in your marriage? Is he first in your singleness? Is he first in your money? Is he first in your career? Is he first in your home life? Is he first in your devotional time? Is he the first part of your day? Is he the first part of your drive? Is he the first part when you walk into the store to buy whatever? Is he the first part? Is he the first part? Is he the first part? You might say, Damon, that's too trivial. No, 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 no. Is he the first part? I don't know what God is doing to me. But God continually kicks my butt so that I don't remain comfortable. I can get real comfortable as a pastor. And God is like, no, you will not be. Am I first? I'm not yelling. Exodus chapter 23 says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. I want you to notice the word bring and not give. God uses the word bring because we can't give what is not ours. We can't give what's not ours. Whether we, this is going to be a little, this is going to be a little tough to say, whether we want to hear this or not. The first part of your life, all of your life. Somebody say money, time, talent belongs to God. I I don't, I don't know what else to say. It belongs to God. When God is first in our life, everything else is in order. Watch this here. Not how I see it, but how he sees it. If he's not first, we're in disorder. Even in the natural, when it feels like it's in order, 
Spiritually, he's like, but I crafted something totally different for you. And it's amazing. And you're living below what I designed for you. That is so, I do not want to get to heaven. Hear my heart. Because I feel like I feel like the Lord is like, Damon, I want to push City Place to places that they can only believe. One of our one of our vision statements is we build dreams. I feel like the Lord is like, Damon, if this church will go, I will blow their mind. But it's going to require them to trust all of me. Don't pick part of me. Don't pick part of me. Don't receive that he can heal you and not restore your marriage. Ah! So we give to God. It's not ours, so we bring it. The first part of every bit of your life belongs to the Lord. I've been praying. I've been praying like crazy because I knew Today, we're going to talk about the principle of the first. We're going to talk about the first things in your life. We're going to talk about your finances. We're going to talk about the tithe. We're going to talk about the, the offering. We're going to talk about all that. And I know, I know I've been in church 20 years as a pastor. I know the resistance. You're not going to tell me. <laughs> the church, all, all they want is my money. The church, no. I'm giving you scripture. We can decide what to do with it. Is God first in our life? You decide. It has nothing to do with me. As for City Place Church, we're all in. Let's keep going. Y'all not going to try to meet me in the back, are you? Y'all still love me, right? Okay, just want to make sure. I'd, I'd rather preach at you and you get the fullness of God and we not miss anything in heaven. How, 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 how tough would it be to hear I'd I, I, I like to give you a glimpse of what you turned down. Whew. Father, help me. I was thinking about um, the people of Israel. So fast forward from Exodus. None of the people make it into the promised land except for Joshua, Caleb, and their families. That's tough, y'all. Some theologians believe as many as a million people. And all you got is Joshua and Caleb's family who trust God 100%. That's a a new journey, isn't it? Caleb, I just want you to know, we've got a wedding. (laughs) You're marrying some of Joshua's family off. You know what I'm saying? We got to grow this thing, right? We got the franchise up in here. We got the franchise. So they, uh, they die off. And when you get to the book of Joshua, God says it's time to go. He, says, he literally says it like this, Moses, my servant, is dead. It's time to go claim the territory. And when they get to Joshua chapter 6, they get to the walls of Jericho. Have you, have you ever heard that story? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Y'all know that. And the walls came tumbling down, right? Remember that? Here's, do you know what God tells them to do? God says, if you haven't heard that song, I saw some people go, nope, I haven't heard that song. It's an old school song saying, yeah. God tells him this. He says, hey, listen, um, you're going to be taking care of territories along the journey. He says, but um, Jericho, I want you to give it to me. 
He says, you're actually going to tear down the walls from shouting. You're going to yell, you're going to shout. He says, now when you go through the gates, you're going to find all sorts of treasures and gold. He says this, you can read it. I'll, re- I'll read it to you. In verse 18, it says, um, and by all means abstain from the accused things, lest you become accused when you take the accused things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. But all the silver and gold and vessels of brawn and iron are consecrated. Y'all remember that word we said earlier? Consecrated, set aside as holy to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Same verses that God was saying it belongs to me. He literally said, hey, the first city of your conquer in the promised land belongs to me. Y'all have been waiting for 40 years extra you're ready to go in. You're excited. And God says, hey, let me make sure that your attention stays on me. That before you put the pool in, I want you to see my face before you start swimming. You know what I'm saying? He says, all of that belongs to me. And then he says, and then burn everything else down. And he literally said, that's holy. Why? Because the first fruits have to be offered. God literally said, you're going to take the territory but Jericho belongs to me. See, we can't give what we don't own. So we bring it. And if you read the rest of Joshua, they never lose a battle. Every single person, with the exception of a guy named Achan, Achan decided, (laughs) this is mine, boy. He didn't see seed to sow and bread to eat. He saw bread to eat. He ate the bread. Literally, this is what happened. Joshua said, hey, man, um, did you you eat the seed? And he's like, yeah. The Bible says that they dragged Achan and his family. Watch now, outside of the camp, because they didn't want any of that residue. Outside of the camp, buried his whole family and the cattle attached to him because they needed to make sure that they remained in order. So God asked for the silver and the gold of that city because it was the first. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 says this. Now I want to see if you guys can catch this. It says, and in the process of time, it came to pass that king brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Why did God accept Cables, uh, uh, Abel's and not Cain's? Because Cain brought it in the process of time. Cain said, oh, I bring you a little something. <laughs> Here you go. I got a little, I think I got a little fruit. Maybe a little, little something on the side, a little cattle. Here you go. Abel said, um, oh, wait a second. Father, I acknowledge that you gave me this. And this belongs to you. Here's the thing about the story in Genesis. Some theologians believe that this is over 2,500 years before God spoke to Moses. So, in the abundance of Abel's heart, was God your first? Cain said, God, I just give you what I got. He said, uh, it, it, it is what it is. See, here's what I, re- here's what I realized is that um, God couldn't accept Cain's because it wasn't his first, and God can't change because he's perfect. 
See, sometimes, I don't know about you, we ask God to bend the rules just this one time. I already got my trophy, God. Come on. I said yes to you, right? So what, what you put in your word, and, and, and I trust your word, but I don't trust this part. I don't, that don't apply to me. See, what we try to do is we try to get God to change, and he won't change. So if he said in Genesis, the first belongs to me, Exodus, the first belongs to me, Proverbs, the first belongs to me, in 2 Corinthians, this is seed to sow and bread to eat, he ain't going to change for us today, y'all. I just, I'm sorry. Like, if he didn't change back then, I, I, I really don't think he's going to change now. See, God's perfect, and sometimes we try to bend God, but it's God saying, I'm the first. God can never think the way we think because he knows everything. There's a word, it's a, it's a, it's a big word. <laughs> the reason why God can't be in second place is because of his preeminence, which literally means first. It means that God is omnipresent. He is omniscient, which means he's everywhere. He's all-knowing. Therefore, he's not going to bend to my demands. I have to go your first place, you're my prize. Heaven is a great reward, but salvation with Jesus, heaven is the result of Jesus. Jesus is the prize. When we get to heaven, I'm not trying to see heaven, I'm trying to see Jesus. Yes, he's got, what, what, a mansion filled with all things like this says in scripture. I'm not trying to see the mansion. I want to see Jesus. I have so many things that I have to ask him. Are you with me? He's first. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God. He was there in the beginning. Exodus chapter 21 through 3 says, um, I am your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of, out of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Like, if we feel like God's okay with it, he literally says, listen, I'm number one. God's bold enough to just say, I'm in first place. That's how you know God is God. He can literally be cocky enough to say, I'm in first place. In the beginning, there I was. Here's number three. And uh, worship keys, you guys can come on back up. Number three is this, the tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. The tithe must be first. The word tithe means tenth. It means tenth. Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says this, and all the tithe of the Lord, of the, I'm sorry, of the land, whether the seed of the land and of the fruit of the tree, it is the Lord's and it is holy. See, all throughout this morning, we've been reading scriptures as it relates to the first. And it all has the same undertone. It's holy or it's consecrated and it's the Lord's. See, God says, now listen, everything you got, the cattle, mine, all of your possessions, however you would define it, mine. Then he says, 
your tithe of your land, the seed of your land. This is how they gathered their income. And the fruit of the tree, mine. God wants to be first in every aspect of your life. He literally says the first part is holy. The reason why it's holy is because it has a redeeming quality. Therefore, the tithe must be first. Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 23 in the Living Bible says, the purpose of tithing is to teach us to always put God in first place in your life. Jesus actually says it like this. He says, um, unfortunately, you won't be able to serve two masters. Money can be in first place or God can be in first, but it can't be shared. He goes on to say, he says, now listen, uh, young ruler, follow me. He says, give away your wealth and follow me. And the young ruler says, I'm sorry, I ain't giving away my money. It ain't happening. The disciple says, why, why didn't he come and follow us? Jesus says, um, when people have such great wealth and they've acquired it on their own, he said, it's hard for them to follow me 100% and put me in first place. He said it's like this. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a human being to make me first in their money. The tithe must be first. So here's a, here's a quiz. You ready? Let's just say that I have, uh, I have $100. It's our wage for the week. And I gave you 10 $10 bills. And I counted them out here in front of you. How much is our tithe? $10. Which one is the tithe? First one. So many times in our life, Uncle Sam gets the first. Thief. <laughs> the electric bill gets it. And do you know what happens in the process of time? That's Cain. We bring the Lord what's left. And sometimes we find ourselves in disorder and we're like, God, what's going on? And God's like, I'm not first in your money. But I'm thriving over here. Will you put me first over here? But you don't put me first over here. But God, I thought, no, 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 no. I need to be first in all of your life. In all of your ways, acknowledge me and I will direct your path. We are in a season of intentional generosity. And my wife and I get a sense of what the Lord wants to do in this church. And also what he wants to do in you. We have 40-something days, 50-something days remaining in the year. And I'm asking you to put him first. It's going to be a stretch. It's going to be a stretch to give him the first part of your morning because maybe you went to bed late. Hey, just give him the first part. You scripted with the Father, not me. Pray 10 minutes. God, you get the first. Are you with me? Before you, before you eat, just so practically, instead of just rushing into the meal, pause, God, I just thank you. I acknowledge that this is what you gave me. I challenge you to put God first in your finances. Don't be afraid to put God first in your money. Somebody say money. Let's just go and get just say money. Like, get it out because that's the touchy thing where we go, God, we're good with everything else except. Nah, 
city place, that's not going to be us anymore. God, we're going to put you first. And God will redeem the rest. It's time. It's time to put God first in every aspect of our life. Before you go into a doctor's office, say, God, I take you with me. I'm telling you, before you get in the car to go to work, God, I just thank you for your protection over me. I put you first. Before you just show up at the job interview, Father, it's not me sitting in front of these people. This is all for your glory. Before you sign the business deal, Father, I give you the first part of this negotiation. Father, it's for you. I'm telling you, City Place, you hear me. If we do that, you'll notice a different order of your life. Why? Because the first part is redeemed. In Exodus chapter 13, God goes on to tell the people, he says, now listen, in the days to come, when your kids ask you, how did you get from bondage to freedom? Don't craft your story all on your own. He goes on to say, now listen, we, we sacrificed the lamb and that lamb brought us redemption. Currently as a husband and wife, my, my wife and I are trying to be more intentional about telling our kids, not just the good moments of our life, but telling them what God brought us through so that they know that God will redeem them and that it was Jesus that paid the price so that they can live in the community that they live in. We tell them that it's mom and dad's faithfulness in tithing that allows them to experience some things. We tell them the stories of their grandparents. I can remember times when my mom had nothing and she would just say, Father, this belongs to you. And we'd have to wait for a miracle. And then the next morning we'd wake up and there would be groceries on our doorstep. It's not a perfect story because she was faithfully tithing, but God was supplying in a miraculous way. That's not the story today though. But God was faithful then. And she refused to say, God, you're not gonna be first. I'd be like, mama, mama, no. Mm -mm, God, you're first. This is just a moment in time. Either I trust you with all, or I don't trust you at all. Personal stories matter. God, I don't just want to have a participation trophy. God, I want to pursue you because you're first. Are you with me? I'm challenging us to go after the trophy. And that's going to require all of us and all of yourself. A participation trophy is not exciting. We haven't kept one yet in our home. But I do keep the first place ones that they win. Let's go, baby. I remember when we moved here and I was coaching flag football. And David's team won the flag football championship. What? Because it was first place. We didn't keep the certificate because he participated. We had to work for it. And if you're like my father, my dad still talks about the trophies that I won. And I'm like, I don't even remember that. Well, it was because it was first place. I'm asking us today to put God in first place. Amen? Will you bow your heads, close your eyes? We're going to pray. I said earlier that the first redeems, and there had to be a sacrifice. I shared that Jesus died on the cross because God had us on his mind. 
And over 2,000 years later, people are still coming to know Christ. I shared last week that 17 million people have come to know Christ through Operation Christmas Child. Today you saw on the screen the young man who met Jesus through a Christmas box. God is real strategic in his intentional generosity because of redemption of something that was first. You're here this morning, and I just want to pray. You say, Damon, I don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, but I want to know him. If that's you, on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see. One, two, three. I want to have a relationship with Jesus. I want to know him. I see him. I see him. Will you pray this prayer after me? Say, dear Jesus, today I acknowledge that you were the first and you died for me. And because of your death, your burial, and your resurrection, I've been redeemed into a relationship with Jesus and the Father. And today, I accept you freely as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Can you give Jesus some praise? Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to subscribe. And you can share with your friends. Take a screenshot, post on your social media stories, and tag us at City Place Church.